Hey, this is Kevin Austin. I'm the director of the Set Free Movement. And yes, I'm in my backyard. It's a beautiful day today here in Seattle. And um, I have no light in my house, so why not go outside? Uh, hey, today I wanna talk to you about um, hope and healing and the power of community. Also talk to you a little bit about human trafficking, modern day slavery, but really the context of this message is about hope, not about despair. And you're gonna to wanna to have your Bibles open to 2 Kings chapter four, verses one through seven. So I'm gonna be uh, walking right through that scripture. You're gonna to wanna to have your Bibles open. You're gonna to wanna to take a look at that. Um, so let's start. There's this woman who comes to the prophet Elisha and she says, please help me. I'm in big trouble. Uh, my husband has died and now the creditors are coming to take my children away as slaves. Now, this is uh, not just an old story. This is something that happens all over our world today, uh, where people fall into difficulties. There's a political situation that blows up. Uh, like in this story, somebody dies. Uh, economic hardship, poverty, racism, whatever, forces people into these really vulnerable situations. And then other people want to take advantage of them. The creditors come to take their children away as slaves. Now in our world today, there are at least 40 million slaves. These are people who cannot walk away, they're held by violence, they're doing things they don't wanna do. These are not people making $1 a day going home, these are people who cannot leave. It, it, they're, they're, they're under the threat of violence. Um, and it's a $150 billion a year business. So this is a huge global evil money-making business. And this takes a lot of conversation. I wish I had hours to talk with you in person. I wish I could be there in person. We could talk about these things because um, all of the products of modern slavery are in the things that we use, like the cotton we wear, the coffee we drink, the chocolate we eat, the automobiles we drive. So there's a lot of really challenging conversations around this issue. Modern day slavery is in our cupboards, our closets, our kitchens, it's across the street, it's around the corner, it's on the other side of the world. And, and there's another number, 100 to 300, which is 100,000 to 300,000 um, domestic minor uh, trafficking victims in the world today. They're estimated to be between 100 to 300,000 domestic minor sex trafficking victims in the United States. And these are young people who are uh, U.S. citizens. They're involved in commercial sexual exploitation. Now, if we add to that number those who are over the age of 18 and those who are involved in labor trafficking, I'm going to guess that there are probably a million, maybe more than a million um, people involved in modern day slavery in the United States alone. So it's a big global problem. It's not just over there in places like Brazil or uh, Bulgaria. It's also right here in the United States. Now we can talk about statistics and numbers and you just start getting, you know, your mind starts numbing. Um, but here's the real question. Look at this picture of this girl. The real question is this, how much is she worth? What's her value? And the answer is, is that she is worth more money than has ever been printed in the history of the world. It is a great evil to treat a human being, to take away their humanity and um, treat them as a product to be used and abused, a product to be bought and sold. And we've got to stand up and we say no to this. 
Um, people are human beings created in the image of God, and we should not be treating them as products. They're not commodities. Now let's go back to the scripture. So Elisha says to this woman, I hear you. What can I do for you? That's the first question he asks. The second question he asks is, what do you already have in your house? Those are really insightful questions. With the first question, he's saying, I hear you. I want to help you. I care about you. I care about your situation. But with the second question, he invites her into her solution. He invites her to be a participant. And I think this is a great teachable spot where I ask you, what do you have that is small and insignificant and that you think is nothing? It just doesn't count for anything. It's not worth anything. What do you have that you just think, ah, I don't even, I don't even think about it. I don't even know I have it. Well, the thing is, is that, you know, when you look at the story and you apply the story, God can use anything, not just the big things, not just the really powerful things, but the small and insignificant nothings in your life. God wants to use everything that you have for his glory. He wants to use everything you have and everything you are to help you to flourish and to help your community to flourish. And so this is something good for us to be thinking about. Um, whatever you do, whoever you are, you can use who you are and what you do in the direction of freedom. You can use, uh, God can use anything in your life, big or small, to make a difference for other people and for yourselves. Um, now, these are really good questions. And her response is, well, I don't have anything. I Well, actually, I have a small jar of oil. That's small and insignificant. It's small and insignificant, but God still is going to use that to do a mighty miracle. So think about that. Now, let's ask some more questions about human trafficking. What um, creates vulnerability to begin with? And then is this a problem or is it a symptom? And uh, the answer is, is that any injustice we name creates a vulnerability. So racism, poverty, uh, gender inequality, uh, child sexual abuse, uh, alcoholism in the home and the society, homelessness, on and on and on. All those things create a vulnerability to human trafficking. And then is this a problem or a symptom? Well, we really believe it's a symptom. It's a symptom of the brokenness that's underneath. It's this, this brokenness between us and God and us and each other. That is, that is the real problem. Um, Racism is not a problem, it's a symptom. Human trafficking is not a problem, it's a symptom. What's the problem is this brokenness in our relationships, which then becomes brokenness in communities, which then becomes brokenness in systems, and then the entire culture becomes broken. So we need to do two things simultaneously. We need to serve with compassion at the margins, which means address racism, address homelessness, address human trafficking, address poverty, on and on. We need to do those things, but we also need to bring hope and healing into broken communities because that's the real problem. So we need to repair our communities. We need to create relational connections where we're all working together because the truth is, is that neighbors solve neighborhood problems. Organizations don't really solve problems.
because organizations really are full of human beings who, if they are good neighbors, they're going to solve neighborhood problems. So it's about the neighborhood, it's about the neighbors, the projects and the programs are helpful, the organizations, business, academia, other things are important and helpful, but only within the context of where as a community, as neighbors, we're working together. Now, that's the whole foundation of the Set Free Movement. The foundation of the Set Free Movement is that we create community teams that are, um, are working in our communities to create transformational change. And we now have 40 teams in nine countries. We've got new work in Latin America. And in particular, we have work uh, in Jackson, Michigan, uh, where um, our team in Spring Arbor and Jackson um, did their research, they did their networking, they prayed and prayed and prayed and then prayed some more. And um, God led them to a work where they're going to help homeless teens be able to get off the streets and into uh, apartments. And uh, currently they're in the process of remodeling the, uh, a building and, uh, and, and preparing that for helping kids to get off the streets. Now we've got other work. We've got um, work in Manila, working to stop child trafficking. Um, we've got education and awareness happening in Nairobi, Kenya around gender-based violence. Um, we're working in Bulgaria to protect uh, Roma girls from being trafficked. We've got a safe house in Illinois. We've got another safe house that's launching in Monterey. We've got work with foster families. We're working in strip clubs, on and on and on. But we do this within the context of community by creating community teams that pray, learn, dialogue, and network, and then engage the world. Now, let's go back to the scripture. So, Elisha says, use that oil. Go around to your neighbors. Go around to all your neighbors and ask them for empty jars. And be bold. Don't ask for just a few. Ask for all the empty jars you can find. And she did that. And here's another uh, application point uh, that, that, that coincides with what I've been talking about. So she goes around and she in, engages her neighbors. She invites her community to come alongside of her and help her with her problem. And her neighbors give her their worthless articles. Again, we're back to this theme of a little bit of worthless oil and a whole bunch of worthless jars. But yet God takes those little tiny insignificant worthless things and turns them into a miracle that then saves her sons from slavery. So this is, this is how it works. You are not alone. I'm not alone. It's not up to us individually to address the social ills in society. It's not up to us individually to stop human trafficking, to, to speak out against racism, to work to end homelessness, to address the issues of, of poverty and, um, and drug addiction and on and on and on. Um, we come together as a people. We come together as a church. We come together as a community uh, with our strengths and our weaknesses, with our much and our little, and we apply those things to our neighborhoods.
we work to bring hope and healing into the brokenness in our communities. So that's, that's how we do it. That's what we do. And all around the world, I can tell you that there are people who are making a real difference and they're using their much and they're using their little, like Nayan, like Nayan in India. I, I can't show you his picture. I can show you a picture of a group. Here's a picture of a group of Indians who are part of a cricket team. They're, uh, it's our set free movement cricket team. They go out and they play cricket when the weather's nice and there's no COVID. They go out and play cricket and uh, connect with people and talk to them about human trafficking and talk to them about Jesus. But um, one of these guys in this picture, and I won't tell you who he is because um, it's dangerous for him to be identified, but Nyan is in partnership with the Indian government. And when a child has been rescued in another area of India, but they live in Mumbai, their families in, in Mumbai, there's safety for them in Mumbai. Nayan goes on a train and goes and collects that child and brings that child back to safety in Mumbai. That's Nayan. Nayan's doing that work and Nayan is really no different than you and I um, in, 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 the, in the sense that he's not a Superman. He's not empowered with incredible, um, you know, educational opportunities. He doesn't have lots of money. Um, he's just a normal everyday guy that God has called and he's chosen and, um, and, and God is leading him on mission. And so be like Nyan, be like Nyan, be like this group in Spring Arbor, Jackson, Michigan, who are, um, are trying to find ways to love on and bring hope and healing to homeless teens. Um, so be inspired, uh, be encouraged today. You're not alone, you're part of a community. We're all in this together and we're all on mission with God with our much and our little, okay? Thank you so much. God bless you.